the Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. Today's a good day because, well, every day's a good day, actually, but today's a really good day because I wanted to open this morning. Uh, we've been in a series about getting our head in the clouds. It's been a series about heaven, uh, but this morning I wanted, to, I wanted to open up the series a little bit further out, and so I thought I'd start it with a joke. Is that okay? I, I know a few jokes. Uh, anyway, uh, so here, here's the way it works. Uh, a man dies, and he goes to hell, right? Oh, this is already a bad joke. Uh, bad jokes. Uh, and so he goes to hell, but being so modern, the devil approaches him and says, hey, you know, hell has modernized itself. And so listen, now you have an option of three places to spend eternal damnation, right? And so he says, hey, here's the first door. And so they open up the first door and it is a sea of fire. It's like molten lava as far as the eye can see and just pain and suffering and ah, you know, it's terrible, right? Everything you can imagine, everybody's suffering, but nobody's dying. He's like, they shut that door. What's door number two? You know, well, come on over here to door number two. They open up door number two, and it's just a sea of ice. It is as cold as can be. Everybody's, everybody's suffering. Nobody's dying. It's really, really cold. Hell has frozen over, see? And so here's this, this second door. It's really, really bad, right? And he's like, not so much, right? He shuts the door. And they say, well, what's the third door? Goes, oh, come on. They open up the third door, and it's a, it's a kitty litter box as far as the eye can see. Because everybody knows where cats go, right? So anyway, I've, I've just so got canceled right there, huh? Okay, and so it's this kitty litter box because all dogs go to heaven and Hollywood wouldn't lie to us. Okay, and so it's this kitty litter box and, and everybody's about this deep in kitty litter. You're just kind of crossing and there are kitty bombs everywhere, right? And just, you know, and they're just kind of walking around. You know, they got some guy over just doing one of these, you know, lean up against one of the walls, you know, and he's like, oh, the acidic kitty smell, it's really, really bad, right? This is where kitty litter goes to die. This is that place, okay? And so he's like, close the door. He's like, oh, man. He goes, you got to choose. Okay, uh, uh, fire, uh, ice, uh, he, I'll take the kitty litter. He goes, okay, okay, fine. Open the door. You know, gets in the kitty litter, kind of stands next guy, you know, hey, you know, it's really bad, really bad. And about five minutes later, knock on the door, devil walks in, he goes, all right, break's over, everybody back on your heads. Think about it. Okay. Here's the problem. I, I, I know like handfuls of jokes about hell, and yet none of them are really funny. It's like you get to the punchline, you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I, it's, there, there's these things that go on. And I think, I think, honestly, I go, and as much as I think that is funny, everybody back on your heads, the break, it was break time. Okay, anyway, I'll get into it. But, but there are so many things that are just, quite honestly, not funny about hell. Now, let me tell you this. Today, I'm going to be talking about that. But I want to let you know, for the last month, the last five weeks, I've been talking about heaven. Anybody been around, right? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm disproportionately, as the Bible does, disproportionately talking about heaven. 
But we got to talk about hell as well. There's a lot of inaccuracies out there about hell. And most of them were in the joke I just told, right? There's a lot of inaccuracy in that. But my hope today is to clear up some of that mess. I believe the biggest misconceptions that I often hear, and this is the one I most often hear, is how could a loving God send people to hell? I hear that all the time. And what I want everybody to hear today, what I want you to hear today is God isn't sending anyone anywhere. God, that's not what God does. What we're going to see firsthand is that Jesus invited everyone to choose a relationship and an eternity with him or an isolated eternity without him. It was an invitation issue. So today's title is Hell Hath No Fury except for Christians, right? But it's still a furious place, don't get me wrong. But uh, I want to I kind of dig into this because I think hell has kind of gotten lost in the mix. It seems that hell isn't as hot as it used to be. People used to understand what hell was. Today, hell is more of a deep funk than a pit of fire. In fact, in a U.S. News and World Report poll, 64% of Americans believe there's a hell. 64%. 25% say there is no hell, and 9% just aren't sure. Right? They're like, well, maybe, maybe not. The majority of the people who responded to this poll in this survey said that hell is, quote, an anguished state of existence, right? Or an unpleasant, solitary confinement. These are the words that came back from this, this survey, rather than it being a real place. And I think this is the root problem for all of us. If we don't believe in hell being real, then I'll tell you what, we don't need rescuing. Who needs Jesus? If hell isn't real, we don't need Jesus. And the more we push away hell, the more we also push away Jesus. It's like a curtain when you close it. One closes, the other closes at the same time. And so when you say, I I don't believe in hell, well, then there's no need for Jesus. And so we open up that door or that window as wide as we want it to be. I personally am worried about downplaying the reality of hell because I think one of the problems is that many Christians, quite honestly, are ashamed of the doctrine of hell. It's clear in the Bible, we're going to look at it this morning, but I want you to hear this. In this cancel culture, that is not a popular stance to take. Talking about hell, man, don't don't talk about hell because, again, in this cancel culture, you've just lost a friend. They're not going to talk to you anymore. But I think that downplaying the reality of hell, it damages our understanding of God's grace and love. We have to, if we want to understand how much he loves us, we have to understand what happens when we choose not to love him. Love him in return. Now, I know that we've all heard and we've used the phrase. Here it comes, ready? I've got good news and I've got bad news. And then we usually follow it up with, which do you want to hear first? Now listen, the emphasis on that phrase is first because you don't get to tell one without the other. You do get both, but you get to choose which one you want to hear first. Well, as I said, over these last five weeks, I've been talking about heaven, 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 okay? But keep in mind, if we're going to preach the good news, then we're going to have to preach the bad news as well. There is bad news, and it's called hell. So let me start today with some basic information from the Bible about hell. Open up your apps. Open, if, you've got the, if you've got the sanctuary app, open up your apps. I've got some notes for you this morning. I want to read some notes to you. Uh, open up to the book of Luke, please. You've got your Bible. Hey, man, let's look in there, right? I'm not going to look at U.S. News and World Report to do a sermon. I'm going to look at the Bible, okay? Uh, so Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. 
Here's your first blank this morning. I want you to get this. This is right off the bat. Hell is not temporary. Hell is not a temporary place. It is not a staging area for judgment. Hell is judgment. So hell is not temporary. Sin, here's the problem, is that sin separates us from one another. You ever notice that? I got this thing going on, somebody hurts my feelings, and I go, hmm. And then they say something bad about me, and I go, hmm. Right? It separates us. Sin separates us. Somebody hurts me, et cetera, et cetera. We separate. Well, I want you to know this. Hell is an eternal separation from God. It's when we've chosen, no. There's no such place as purgatory. You ever heard that word? Purgatory. Biblically speaking, there's no such place as purgatory. In the Roman Catholic doctrine tradition, purgatory is a place of suffering, right? Where people are cleansed and purified of their sins before they go to heaven. So it's kind of a waiting place. Purgatory is a belief that contradicts the clear teachings of scripture, regarding the person and the work of Jesus the Christ and how he rescued us. Purgatory is just not true. But that being said, it hasn't stopped people from attempting to find some form of biblical support for this non-biblical doctrine. The concept of a temporary place where we burn off sins and then we get to gain admittance into heaven is nowhere in the Bible. In fact, I want you to hear this, it is exactly the opposite. There is a parable about a rich man and a poor man that we're going to look at this morning in Luke chapter 16. And it's about a rich man and a poor man. And it's often mentioned as the example of purgatory. But I'm going to let you take a look at it. I'm going to let you read it. And you decide, does this sound like a temporary place or not? So Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. I'm starting in verse 19. Watch this. Jesus is talking here. Jesus is talking. He says this. There's a certain rich man... Rich man, poor man, here it comes. And the emphasis isn't on rich and poor. So don't get lost there, okay? There's a certain rich man who is splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen who lived each day in luxury. He lives in Santa Clarita. And at his gate lays a poor man named Lazarus. And he's covered with sores. And as Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come. We'll skip that line. Finally... They, open the, they lick the open source. Finally, the poor man dies, and he's carried by the angels to be with Abraham, who's in heaven, right? The rich man also dies, and he was buried, and his soul went to the place of the dead. It's also called Sheol, or hell. There, here's this phrase, in torment, he sees Abraham from hell. He could see Abraham somehow. And in the far distance, he's standing there with Lazarus at his side. And the rich man shouts, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus, the guy who used to sit at my gate, the guy who used to have the sores, the guy who used to beg for scraps from my table, the guy who had dog lick the sores, right? Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in some water to cool my tongue. I am anguished in these flames. Abraham says to him, son, you need to remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted. Lazarus had nothing. So now he's here being comforted and you're in anguish. And besides, there's a great, here it comes, there's a great chasm separating us. And no, catch this please, no one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over from us to there. 
Then the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers. See, at least send him back to the earth. He says, I got five brothers. And I want, them, I want him to warn them so that they don't end up in this place of torment. Abraham says, hey, listen, man. Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read about what they wrote. We've all got Bibles. We've got numerous. We just need to read them. The rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. See, supernatural, that's what will make it all happen. I know it will cause it to happen. Listen to the response. Abraham says, if they're not going to listen to Moses and the prophets, they're not even going to listen if someone rises from the dead. Beloved, let me just ask, does that sound like purgatory? Does it sound like a temporary place where you can hang out for a while, burn off the sins that prevented you to get to heaven until you've burned off those sins, until you've paid for the sins, paid the price for those sins, and now that that's gone, okay, now I can get to heaven. Does that sound at all like a purgatory? I read it and I go, that doesn't sound like purgatory at all. He just said nobody crosses over from one to the other. You can't do that. Once it's done, it's done. That decision is final. Now, a choice to reject God and what I would consider the reconciling and redeeming work of Jesus, I want you to hear this. That is a permanent decision. No. No. There is no God. Jesus may have lived, but he wasn't God either. And there's, listen, there is no hell. There is none of those things. I don't believe any of that. I'm living for today and I'm a good person. We handled a good person in week one. Remember that? Anybody remember that? Right? Heaven isn't for good people. Heaven is for people who have been forgiven, right? That's who goes to heaven, right? Well, let's make sure that we've done our homework before we are asked the only question that matters. The question that Jesus is going to ask all of us. Here it comes, ready? Who do you say I am? Well, I had a neighbor and he was a jerk. He was a Christian. No, no, forget about your neighbor. Who do you say I am? Well, my grandmother, she was always shoving it down my throat. I don't care about your grandmother. My husband abused me. My husband abandoned me. My wife did. Leave all those people out. Who do you say I am? I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can all answer like Peter did. I'll tell you, Jesus, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And then Jesus said, oh, Peter, that's some good answering right there. Let me get to number two. What is hell like? Hell is a place of torment. You just read it right here. We're dealing with Lazarus. We're dealing with the rich man, right? It's a place of torment. And we don't, we don't, we don't hear that word, but it's essentially pain. It's a, essentially suffering and agonizing, agonizing pain. But it's also this. It's an unending frustration. You ever had, you ever had anybody have older brothers and sisters who would, torment you? Do you? You know what the meaning of torment is, right? When they're like, dun, 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 dun. watch this. Oh, some of you are going, I'm the older brother. And you had a little brother or a little sister who would torment you. Just unending frustration. I did not, I did not. Stop copying, stop copying. Right? Listen, imagine that kind of, kind of heightened and all the time. This is why hell is considered the bad news. It's a place of torment. I want to remind us today, 
please listen to me. I'm only quoting Jesus today. I'm not going to read Paul. I'm not going to read the Old Testament. I'm going to quote Jesus, who last week we established came down from heaven so he can tell us about heaven. Well, today, all we're going to read is the red letters. We're going to read what Jesus had to say about hell. And I want you to know he has a lot to say about hell. Watch how he describes in another parable hell. And keep in mind, a parable is just a story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. So he's like, it's kind of like this. That's what a parable does, right? Turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Watch this. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 47. Just a few verses. Starting in verse 47, right through 50. Watch this. The kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net. I'm going to try and explain to you heaven and hell. This is the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Watch this. It's like a fishing net that's thrown into the water, and it catches fish of every kind. When the net is full, they drag the net up onto the shore. They sit down, catch this, and they sort out the good fish into crates, and they throw the bad ones away. Verse 49, this is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is Jesus describing for us hell. And I go, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The vocabulary that Jesus is using when he's talking about hell, it's pretty distinct. It's pretty articulate. It's pretty descriptive. It's a place of torment. It's a fiery place. I'm like, oh man. And honestly, I hear this torment and I'm thinking it's pretty persuasive. I mean, you read that and you go, don't want to go there. I I don't know about you. I've I've read two times now, Lazarus and the poor man, and now this whole fishing net. And I'm like, yeah, count me out. How do I get to wherever else the other place is? But let's keep going. Let's keep going. Here's your third blank. How do we avoid hell? How do we avoid hell? Now I realize it's just another way of asking, how do I get entrance into heaven? Because listen to me, there are only two choices, two options. I gave you three doors this morning, right? There's only two doors, hell and heaven. I've been talking the last five weeks about heaven. Heaven, heaven is this, heaven is this. I've been talking about the city. I've been talking about how amazing it is. I've talked about, if, you ha- if you've missed any of it, please, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. I've talked about how amazing the newness is gonna be, like mind-blowing newness. Just one piece, listen to this. When gold is so pure, it's clear. Anybody ever seen clear gold? I, I, I can't comprehend that, because I know white gold, I know yellow gold. I know 12 carat, 14 carat, and 24 carat gold. How many carats is white, pure as glass gold? That's, that's amazing gold. Well, I've been talking about heaven. But these two options that are being put before us, I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what. According to this little story, right? The fish and the nets and the fish are being separate. I, I want to be righteous. We all need to be righteous. We just read about how the angels are going to separate the wicked from the righteous, but what does righteousness look like for us? What do we do? And when do we do it? How do we do it? Where do we do it? What is this righteousness, right? Righteousness happens when we serve Jesus, following his command to love God and love our neighbor. That's what Jesus said. Here's the way it works. I want you to listen to Jesus' narrative. Matthew chapter 25, just flip to the right, about 10 chapters, right? Matthew chapter 25, listen to Jesus' narrative about the final judgment. 
and how it's linked, watch this, to our actions. Again, I'm only reading from Jesus. Our actions of mercy, watch this, and presence. Just be there. Mercy and presence. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 46. Listen to this. When the Son of Man comes in all of his glory, I'm going to read all the way through verse 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, He's going to sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations are going to be gathered into his presence. He's going to separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. He's going to place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And the king's going to say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. I was hungry. Listen to this. This is how you're inheriting. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you invited me to your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. These righteous ones, the sheep, right? What? what? Right? Watch this. They reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry? When do we feed you? When were you thirsty? When we give you something to drink? Wait, you were a stranger? We showed you hospitality? You were naked, we gave you clothing. When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? I don't get it. The king will say, I'm telling you the truth, listen to me. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Oh. Loving God, loving your neighbor, that thing. He continues, the king then turns to the goats on the left. He says, away with you. You cursed ones into the eternal fire. This, there's, a, there's a fire theme. Anybody catching it? To the eternal fire that is prepared for the devil. Listen to this. This is important. It is prepared for the devil and his demons. Beloved, listen to me. In Jesus' name, I hope you hear this. Hell was not prepared for you. Hell was not made for you. These are the words of Jesus. Hell was prepared from the beginning of time for demons and for the devil. And yet, as we just read, there are going to be people in hell. And I go, wait a minute. No. No. He says, it was prepared for the devil and his demons. Listen, then he says this. He, he goes back into the same story. A parable. I was hungry. You didn't feed me. I was thirsty. You didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger. You didn't invite me into your home. I was naked. You didn't give me anything to wear. I was sick. I was in prison. You didn't visit me. And they're going to reply, what? Well, wait a minute, Lord. When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked in prison, right? And not help you. He's going to answer, I'm telling you the truth. Listen to me now. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into the eternal punishment, not temporary punishment, eternal, it's final punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. This is not about clearly, it's not about serving 
we're giving or going to church or how many Bible verses we've memorized, right? This is the way we judge things. Well, I've memorized all these verses. Well, I know the books of the Bible. I know the Old Testament, the New Testament. Notice Jesus, Jesus does not mention any of that. Heaven isn't about how much we know about Jesus. Well, he was born. There was Joseph and Mary, and they were in a barn. I know all that. And I know about his ministry. He, he walked on water, and he fed people bread and fish, and I know about that. And I know his prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, in King James even, right? Watch this. I know about his death. It was on a Friday, right? And there were two thieves on either, the thief on either side. I know about his death. Oh, and the resurrection, that was three days later. I know about that too. It was on Easter. No. Jesus made it very clear, and this is your last blank, entering heaven and avoiding hell is all about Jesus knowing us. Please know this. This is key. It's not what we know. It's not, oh, I can tell you where that is. That's in the prophets. Not how much we've memorized this. No, 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 no. It's about Jesus knowing us, not about us knowing about him. What does he know about us? In fact, I want you to catch this. Matthew chapter seven. I'm still in the same book. I'm just going back left here. Matthew chapter seven. Look what he says. Verse 21. Matthew chapter seven, verse 21. Not every, this is Jesus again. This is Jesus talking. We need to hear this. We need to hear this desperately, beloved. In the day that we're living, we need to hear these scriptures and go, Okay, got it. Listen to what he says. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, exclamation points, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Catch this. Jesus on judgment day, many are going to come up to me and go, oh, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We went to church every weekend. We served in Sunday school. I went on missions trips. I gave to the building fund. Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed miracles in your name. And I will reply, catch this phrase, I never knew you. I don't know what to do with that, beloved. It's so clear. And I just read it and I go, heaven. As I close this morning, it's important that we understand that we're not merely here to save ourselves. We're here to reach out to others with the good news and the bad news. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 Watch this, beautiful. All of this is a gift from God. Oh, it's all a gift from God. Watch what he says. Mm, mm, mm. He brings us back to himself through Christ. This is the gift. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Here it comes, verse 20. 
we are, and I've handled this, we are Christ's ambassadors. Listen to this. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. It's a very simple reminder, but I wear this bracelet like all the time. If you don't have one of these bracelets, it just says, for the one. And then on the back side, it's got this scripture in Romans that says, who's going to go unless they're sent? And who's going to send? And what are they going to say? Right? And it's just a reminder, I'm here for the one. I'm an ambassador. I've got a job to do. I have a task to do. If we truly believe the teaching of Jesus regarding life after this life, then it's not just a question of desiring people to be in a better place like heaven, but it's also become our heart's desire to see people escape torment, pain, suffering, agony, unending frustration. We want to see people avoid hell. According to the Bible, God doesn't send anyone to hell. You just read it. God doesn't send anybody to hell. And Jesus is inviting everyone to heaven. I didn't get into all those times. We're going to continue in the heaven series. You're going to hear how Jesus goes, hey, invite the homeless. Hey, those people don't want to come. That's up to them. Go out to the streets. Go out to the alleyways. Go beyond the hedge and invite those people into the kingdom then. If all the people who are comfortable don't want it, invite the people who aren't comfortable. Oh, there's such invitations. According to the Bible, everyone gets to choose a relationship and an eternity with God or an isolated eternity without him. According to the Bible, there are only two choices, heaven and hell. And the question is, what are you going to choose? 